0: what's up everybody and welcome back to multiverse monologues the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and television shows that accompany those universes and among those universes this week we are talking about a TV show. The one in subject is The Mandalorian. It has concluded its eight-episode season three run, and we are here to talk about it. it. We are literally just hours off of seeing this new episode. I know I watched it. I got up, got up at six, me and Sam, to watch the Mandalorian season finale, and uh, you know, we are here to talk about our thoughts on this very mixed season. You know, I think this is definitely one of the Star Wars pieces of television and recent memory that is just you know full of controversy and and we are here to give our thoughts and I, I do say we because joining us as always on the Mandalorian after show that we've always done mr. Ethan Wenslow Ethan how are you doing I'm doing great I'm happy to be here we spend far
1: too much time uh, talking about the Marvel multiverse I'm, I'm happy to travel back to Star Wars for the first time in a while and yeah, we'll talk about the Mixed mixed DeLorean, see how this season played as a whole. I mean, it, it maybe fell from prestige television to kind of what we grew to love about Rebels and Clone Wars. You know, some episodes you tune in, fantastic, great
0: watch. And some, yeah, not so much. So I'm excited to talk about this season for sure absolutely and we kind of have covered a few episodes during this season but we've kind of been busy you know all over the place but it's it's nice to be able to sit down and talk about the the most recent episode the finale and the whole season you know as a whole and to do that you know we couldn't just do it just me and Ethan as ourselves this is a, a gargantuan task this is eight episodes to talk about so we have brought on a a member of the podcast you know who who has been on here before we've had him for star wars marathons we've had him for you know other movies in the past but we have Mr. Parker Duncan here today Parker how are you doing I'm doing great it's been a while and I'm glad to be back on And we are glad to have you because, you know, like we said, we've got quite a few episodes to get under our belt and we're also this week going to be talking about Star Wars Celebration and, you know, all of the news that we were able to unpack over that. We've got the Ahsoka trailer, we've got a Visions trailer, we've got... Three new Star Wars films to talk about, you know, and a bunch of other things. You know, I, I'm sure we've all, you know, seen a few things and you know watched a bunch of interviews. I know Ethan was all over the Andor coverage from Star Wars Celebration, so that's great. And uh, we're going to be talking about that as well. But first and foremost, we're going to be talking to uh, and about the Mandalorian season three episode twenty four, the Return specifically, and you know season three as a whole. So. I yeah, just to open it up, I'll I'll throw this over to you know Ethan first. You're fresh off the
1: episode. Give me your fresh thoughts. Fresh thoughts is yeah, it um it did some things I wanted it to do. It definitely had some really, really fun sequences. I was uh grinning cheek to cheek some sequences in this episode. But also like I, I know me and you Ben leading up to the release of this particular episode, we thought, uh what what can they do? to make really this such a rewarding episode. And obviously I turned it on in 41 minutes, not not yeah. what I like to see, especially after the really great 53 minute episode last week. So of course I'm like, all right, how are they going to conclude all these storylines? And I don't, I, they, they concluded I'm for sure. But uh, was it too little too late? Or was it too much too fast? I think we have a little bit of both of that. So yeah, I think uh, very mixed. I like the season. I think there are great sequences, but not overall. It's, it's lacking a bit. And if if uh, I guess so spoilers for this episode, we're diving into it. If this is the end of Moff Gideon and I guess the true end of the Darksaber, I think they rushed a lot of it. I do. But. Yeah, I'm excited to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, and, and so I want to... Parker, you haven't... We mm-hmm. haven't really talked to you... I mean, we've talked privately and stuff like that mm-hmm. about what you think of the the season as a whole, but just to kind of lay it out, you've seen seasons one and two of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. How does season three compare? Um,
2: so I will say I did really enjoy season three as a whole. Um, I have seen like the downwards decline like season one amazing um season two a little bit less so season three a little bit less so than that um not to say it's not good just not quite as excellent as season
0: one was got it yeah so you 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 okay so that's interesting because i i think season two is actually a step up from Mm. season one i think both are great don't get me wrong like Seasons one and two are like on the same caliber almost for me. Season one and two are not on trial today. Season three is on trial. Absolutely. You're right. That's just, that's interesting that you say that. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fault you there though. Season one was a very unique piece of television. And Mm -hmm. I think they opened it up in season two, but I would agree with you that season three has definitely taken a, a, it, it matches the quality of, I feel like a book of Boba Fett. Or or a, a Kenobi. Not to say that those are terrible, and this season isn't either. It's just the, the the mixed storytelling and the all over the place tone. You know, it's just, and especially we we live in an era now where Andor exists, where it has really. Yes, I'm gonna yes. I'm gonna say it, even though Give I wasn't. Andor some praise, let's Absolutely, go. I wasn't the biggest fan overall of Andor, but. The way it consistently kept a tone and built the whole season. I know you haven't seen it, Parker, but I'm no sport, so no spoilers there. But that's oh, right, it's absolutely been critical.
1: Oh, you haven't seen Andor yet, Parker?
0: I have not. But, but, we're stopping this recording right now.
1: <laughs>
2: oh my goodness,
1: we were, yeah, we were talking Quit about that everything you're doing for the I, next week. Just binge Andor, yeah,
2: that's it. I miss out on like the first two episodes when it was airing so i was like all right i'll go back when it's all over and just binge through the whole thing
1: because that's how i usually like watching my tv well, shows mad respect to you because um, you you've caught up on bad batch
2: but mandalorian
1: yeah. is or the um, Andor is
2: still sitting there i did watch half of episode one had to do something and then just never got back to it okay um, Okay. so yeah
1: well that's that's the main problem we'll address
0: but yeah but that's the thing that whole season of television was so concise and they told a very great story in the span of the 12 episodes. It's just you can tell they had a story. I feel mm-hmm. like for the Mandalorian season three, and we're gonna talk specifics in you know episode 24, of course, but for the whole of season three, it felt like they had one goal, and that was to bring back Mandalore. And and Grogu and Din's story kind of took a, a side step to that. Mm-hmm. But they still wanted to, you know, have that. So some episodes had Din and Grogu going on little side adventures. The episode with Lizzo and Jack Black was a great example of that. Mm-hmm. And then they would kind of tie it back into Bo-Katan. She's getting the Darksaber and mm-hmm. she's, you know, uniting Mandel. And it was like, it was just kind of all over the place, I felt. And it just makes for a very inconsistent season. I really like what you say about bringing it back to Clone Wars and Rebels. Some episodes are really great. I gave, I gave the one with Jack Black and Lizzo a five. And then the next week comes out, you know, you have the return to Mandalore. You meet these people mm-hmm. on Mandalore, the spies. And then you have Paz's sacrifice at the end. An excellent episode of Star Wars television. Mm-hmm. And now we're on the return, is what the episode is called. Mm-hmm. The spies. Who were the spies? <laughs> What last week? Yeah, who? Plural? Who were the spies? I I don't I don't know what they were referring to. That was a huge thing among the whole Star Wars community. Mm -hmm. There was Rebel Force Radio actually did an Instagram thing where they posted "Spy or No Spy" and it was just a picture of the character. And it was all through their last after show. It was who are the spies that the title of the episode Mm -hmm. is referring to. Could it be the Mandalorians they've met? Could it be the armorer? Could it be the lady on Coruscant who is reporting them off Gideon?
1: We um, got to call up uh, Favreau and Filoni. I, I don't I don't have the answer to that. So no idea.
0: Another thing that has fans kind of up in arms is the, the prelude to this season. The Mandalorian actor who inhibits the suit, so not Pedro Pascal, but the guy who's actually in the suit physically all the time, has teased it might the season finale of The Mandalorian, it might hurt too much. This was published five days ago by uh CBR.com. Well, he was definitely right. It hurt it hurt. For <laughs> well, sure. I don't think <laughs> in <laughs> the way not, not in the not in the emotional
1: payoff way that I think fans were alluding to.
0: But but that's what he says. It, it, he's quoted here. The next episode is gonna make you wish you hadn't asked for more. It might just hurt too much.
1: But, <laughs> I I saw this quote all week and during this episode I was thinking about it I'm like oh no oh Bo Bo's going to die they're going to kill Bo here oh no Gro, are they they're not going to do anything with Grogu and then I well, honestly thought Grogu was going to die yeah, for a little bit there Yes they they do stuff with it may, maybe this actor was like oh yeah that Paz Vizsla moment that's in the finale right right or maybe the he has some really really deep emotional connection to the dark which has been this huge relic through mm. across clone wars rebels and a uh, mandalorian so i it how do we feel about the ending for this dark saber it's rushed it's gotta be
0: what do you think ben? yeah I this is a huge thing that just happened obviously there's no emotional weight in a weapon but this I, is like this is huge, man. The Dark Saber is gone. I like what Moff Gideon had to say. It said Mandalorians are nothing without their trinkets. It's a nice way to bring about how they feel and how they, you know, attribute certain importance to these aspects and weapons. But if that's the way, it's gone. Like if they don't rebuild that in some way, I, that's kind of cheap. It like it was just
2: badly damaged. I, I'm guessing it'll probably be remade.
0: It's it symbolic.
2: Didn't, yeah it didn't look like it wasn't um like obliterated yeah much like it was crushed a
0: little much like the reputation of this show it's damaged (laughs) but it's not obliterated you know what (laughs) actually i i went on imdb and i changed my rating for the mandalorian as a show overall from a nine out of ten to an eight out of ten because of this season you have to take the whole thing into account and it bumps it down for me. This this was prestige, excellent television. But- My
1: question is, so how much how much does Favreau play into Filoni's greater, uh, I, we'll talk about his movie later in the podcast, but his greater universe connecting all these different shows, you know, with Ahsoka and what is his skeleton crew, The Acolyte, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, all these pouring into one universe. Mm-hmm. How much did that play into the overall quality of this season? Because... there's no, I think it's no coincidence that when the only two live action television shows or the only live action television show that he was working on was the Mandalorian. Those two seasons were great. But now that he has his hands in all
0: Mm -hmm. this
2: is, is he overworked? Is he overworked? What do you think about that, Parker? Um, that makes sense for sure. Like I remember back when season one came out of the Mandalorian, I remember watching like the, was called it was like a little mini series on disney plus like the kind of behind the scenes stuff. oh the making of yeah the yeah ma- yeah um and i remember listening to Filoni talking on he like was really showing how he just like really like really loved this work and he was like pouring into it and like he was going into like what inspired him and how he went back to the inspiration that inspired george lucas and everything and in this season i haven't really seen that same inspiration like it's not; it doesn't feel quite as inspired as season one was. If
0: yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, so we know that he is working on Ahsoka, and um, I'm assuming that the I'm reason assuming that's probably taking he's not um, as involved. Yeah. Rick Famuyiwa was actually promoted to executive producer of the show during Which, for this season specifically. He, he was the one in charge of Book of Boba Fett, right? Uh no, that was Ro- uh, Robert Rodriguez. Who That's right. Yeah, yeah. Really, I think, dropped the ball a little bit on that. Mm-hmm. But Rick Famuyiwa, he did a, a couple of episodes for seasons one and two mm-hmm. of The Mandalorian. He, so he's been with him this whole process. But Dave Filoni, there's no question about it. He is the apprentice or Padawan, if you will, of George Lucas, mm-hmm. who has learned at the feet of the master, who is now, in himself, I would say, a master in his own right. Mm-hmm. They've even gone on record, Kathleen has gone on record saying, you know, we, we've asked Dave about this stuff, you know, the, the Dawn of the Jedi movie that was announced, which we will talk mm-hmm. about. Well, they ran that by Dave mm-hmm. as an idea. What do you think about this? Which is great. That's great mm-hmm. to see. He's been promoted. I think he is the most valuable person mm-hmm. working in Lucasfilm right now. Yeah. But he's been working on Ahsoka, mm-hmm. who, which is coming out in what, three months now mm-hmm. that we have three, four months. And so th- I mean, there's got to be that disconnect yeah. here. He's done some writing for this season. He has a couple of writing credits, but above that, he's not as involved. Well, this think is- about it
1: from an investment standpoint. Like, how many years has he poured into the character of Ahsoka versus how many years he's poured into mm-hmm. the Mandalorian? So once, once the opportunity came up for him to do a live action uh, take on Ahsoka, I, I like as the creator of that character, he has to be thrilled. So I I understand
2: like wanting to pour into that way more than got poured into this, but it It, just, yeah, go ahead. It seems to me that he's more of a like hands-on kind of person. Like he wants to be in the making of the show. And at least it seems to me that he doesn't, that's more of his passion more than like the overseeing everything.
0: Whereas that would be a John Favreau-type role. Yeah. Hey, get this done today. And that seems
2: to be what Lucasfilm was kind of trying to nudge him into.
0: Which I think is great. I, I have a question for you guys. Do you think, in as far as The Mandalorian Season 1, mm-hmm. do you think this was the plan all along? To to take the season and the show to this point where we're at right now? Because at the end of this, Mandalorian, The Mandalorian is almost in a sense working for the new republic do you think this was the plan from start to finish season 1 i
2: think i liked it the most mainly because it was its own little self-contained show it like it wasn't until season 2 that like the greater star wars universe started pouring into it um so i would i would probably guess that um when they were starting to make season two was
0: when they made this plan to retake Mandalore. Okay, so as as the show has kind of evolved, so has the plan for where it's going to go. Yeah. Do you think Grogu was always in that picture? Um, or as we now know him as Din Grogu? Din Grogu, yeah. Which, you know, how do we feel about that? Let's move that. He's His big thing was adopting grogu at the end of this which is a nice little moment but all right rushed i feel like a little rushed i well, think i mean rushed in a way but like it's kind of always happened you know to me I feel the, like-
1: this finale felt a lot like um daredevil season three finale where uh netflix had been canceling all these different shows and when daredevil season three came out it was like all right the show is better than the rest but they've got to they might cancel this one, too. And it turns out they did. So what happened at the end of that show is a lot of these different plot threads. They just felt like, all right, we got to tie all these up real quickly. That's how mm. that's how this felt. Mm. It's like, all right, real quickly, let's mm. tie all this up. Let's get him a a house. You know, I mean, that was a pretty cool, cool shot of him in his house. Like, I'm like, all right, he's yeah. working for the New Republic. We'll see how this goes. But yeah, I don't I think. As far as plan goes, Ben, like you asked Parker, the plan for this show, there's no no knowing unless we sit down with Favreau and Filoni themselves, but I think literally everyone was surprised with how huge this show got. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll do a first season of the show, see see how it takes. Disney Plus was new. This concept was new. They had no idea what the success of the show would be, and it blew up. It's the big, biggest thing. Yeah. So. I think everyone was a little thrown off. Like, oh, wow, this, this is huge. This is huge.
0: Has it worn off at this point, though? The magic? The magic. I think it was there, seasons yeah. one and two. I think what really made season one special was that
2: it was just Mando and Baby Yoda. Because that's who they were at the time. It was just Mando and Baby Yoda. Yeah. They didn't have names until the child. Mando they didn't have did? a name until the finale. Baby Yoda didn't have a name until like halfway through season two.
0: Yeah. With there Ahsoka. was a mystery
2: there. Yeah. In a way. And so it was just these two characters, um, for the most part unnamed, going on their own little adventures. And I mean, I think that's what I'd like to see in season four, where Mando's at now. Um That's just, true. I I feel more attached to that pair right. than right. I do to like everything else in the show.
1: Yeah, it felt like the end of this
2: uh, uh, episode they rushed to. All right,
1: let's get back to basics. Mm-hmm. Like let's get back to what made that first season so magical just Din Djarin and Grogu doing things. And yeah, I think a lot of the intrigue about around Grogu was just the character. Where did he come from? Mm-hmm. What's his deal? Is he force sensitive? How, is he related to Yoda? And throughout the uh time of this show, we've slowly gotten more and more answers. And I think with a lot of mysteries as the the curtain is pulled back it is less appealing it's like oh this he survived order 66 that's cool uh Jar Jar Binks saved him that's really cool yeah but I think when you you reveal things you lose the the magic that it once had
0: I don't think it's there's necessarily a problem with fleshing out And giving answers to that. No, yeah. But I think you're right.
2: You set up. You have to eventually, like, um, learn the mystery.
0: Right. Of -hmm. course. But I think, in a way, Star Wars has always been, like, on a downward spiral from that. Because the mystery that was and encompassed episodes four and five, Mm -hmm. every new installment shines more light on the star Wars story and gives more context and, you know, it fleshes that out more. And the mystery of the force is not as much there, mm-hmm. but then Mando comes along in season one and you have that back. Mm-hmm. This character who we've only seen, you know, like three of, in all of star Wars, you know, mythology games, TVs tell like we have another one now and it's a baby. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? He uses the Force in the second episode to stop that beast. Mm. And then you're like, and then whoa. he goes into a coma for like two days. All right, And you're like, what, what's going on here? And then the Star Wars universe starts to pile in on that. You have Bo-Katan. You have Ahsoka. You have Luke Skywalker. You have Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And I think it expertly weaves all of those. And then now you have the story to retake Mandalore. But that story is really only like the last two episodes but think about the rest of the season. The first two episodes are Mando's rebaptized, you know, right. Becoming a Mandalore. No,
1: like, I don't think any of us can sit here and look at the story of the season and say, Oh, that's a terrible idea. Cause it's not what, what they do, what they set up is super cool. It's just how they went about approaching. Like, I think the last two episodes could have been the last four episodes. Mm. If they really wanted to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 we didn't really talk about this. Is Moff Gideon dead? The way the episode plays, it is is he's don't just think dead. So. It, I I don't think so either because the rule of television: no on-screen death, character is not dead. Mm. So it, it, but the way it's played is like, all right, if if this was indeed like you wanted us to think this was, and either either way, either way, Moff Gideon re- revealed way too late into this season. Yep, just way too late. Mm-hmm. When when was the tease? Which episode did they tease like? Oh, there's Mandalorian armor. Here. That was, that was like, the what
0: six. Tw- tw- uh, yeah. Episode 20, which would be the s- fifth, episode. fifth episode. Okay. Because then we had six, which was Lizzo, the bad one. And then we That's had right. seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was last week. And then this week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. five episode five, but it was just a tease. Oh, he's mm-hmm. out there. Maybe. Yeah. I, I
1: would say the last, I, uh, episode 20 or well, 23, I guess, carried a lot of the weight of the season. It connected a lot of threads. It made me go, mm. okay, that's why you spent time telling that part of the story, and that's why you did this. That's why you did that. It was cool to see all that come together. It just wasn't, the journey there wasn't as rewarding as I think it could have been. Yeah,
2: There was one thread that did not get wrapped up, and that is the Mythosaur. Mm. Right. Great point. Other than that last little bit, like right at the end, where they... You go back into the water and you look at the Mandal the Mythosaur. They didn't do anything with it. I was waiting for that all season. I was I was totally expecting either bo or Mando to come out riding the Mythosaur with the Dark Saber at some point.
0: And it's weird because now they aren't really setting Mandalore up to be a story anymore. Mandalore, Mandal- the Mandalorian Dinjarin is now working for the New Republic on a case-by-case mm-hmm. basis, which I, I like. I want to say mm-hmm. that for the record, I do like that. Space
2: detective. Now yeah. he's
0: now he's back, and I really do think that that could lead to some really cool stuff. I'm wondering if he'll appear in Ahsoka. I wouldn't. Well, so here's my... Th- and we're going to talk about that more when we talk about the trailer because there's a ton going into that, but I don't mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. There, <laughs> there is so much mm-hmm. in that show And I'm almost thinking that there's like almost too much to even like, how Mm. is eight episodes going to do everything that it needs to do? Mm. But I don't think he's going to be, he he may appear in like one episode, but I don't think Mm. Dave Filoni has gone on record stating that he said, there are shots that I've thought of for 10 years in this story. And now, now they're done. They're shot. And I, I, it's, Amazing! I can't even believe this is happening. Mm -hmm. This is a story that he's wanted to tell for a long time, which gives me confidence. This isn't a hey, we found a director, Deborah Chow. I want you, us, a corporation. I want you to execute our vision for an Obi Wan Kenobi series that's been in the works for, you know, ten years. This is a guy who's had this story planned out for a long time, Mm -hmm. and it. I mean, there is so much to that show. I don't think he's going to show up. Planning this out ever since Rebels ended. Even before yeah, that, dude. probably yeah. even before. Ever he, since he figured out how Rebels was going to end, I I am interested to see if Ahsoka is going to make it through it. But we'll talk about that more when the Ahsoka. But I to say to answer your question, no, I don't think he's going to show up there. I at least I don't think so. Ethan, Mandolin? And- no. I a crossover is fun, but let's let's tell a story.
1: Let's try not to throw mm-hmm. too much into. Is like you said, it's already got a ton. It has the weight mm-hmm. of bringing back all the rebels characters so no let's uh let's let's leave uh dinjarin in this world and yeah yeah get him get him back to how he is but let's talk about this this season again yeah. as a whole and let's talk about what worked in this season what we really enjoyed so i'd say everything with mandalore i really liked i liked the mm-hmm. uh bringing the Mandalorians together i liked the divide between the the two different Krees or of Mandalore. I like all that. I think we could have benefit benefited from diving more into that, getting more mm-hmm. hokey religious with it. I love that kind of stuff. Yes. It's very fun to me. And uh Moth Gideon, the Moth Gideon stuff worked super well. The cloning thing
0: felt really thrown in there, especially with Dinjar and blowing them all up at the end. Which is so weird because the cloning thing has been a part of this season since the beginning. But it did. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. It felt, oh, those are Gideon clones? Oh, I thought we were yeah. doing this. I mm-hmm. thought this tied into the sequels with Palpatine.
2: What it seemed to me is, like, with the council meeting thing,
0: which uh, was a great scene. the
2: seventh episode of the season, um, it seemed to me that he was maybe supposed to be working on Palpatine's clones, but maybe, like, instead decided to make clones of himself and as we saw in this episode wanted to give his clones the force which
0: which is a concept that has been explored Awesome, and I do I like that Mm -hmm. even though it was thrown in I like that concept Mm -hmm. many people have tried to do that in the past to make a force clone Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard of the force unleashed that Mm -hmm. is basically the whole plot of those two games Mm -hmm. making a force clone so people have tried and failed in the past to do that and so did Moff Gideon. Mm -hmm. At least he was very close. I think Mm -hmm. what we got from that Imperial Council scene is that uh, I believe his name was uh, not not Armitage Hux, but his father, father, Brendel Hux, that's who it was. In that scene, he was in charge of the cloning process for Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Even Moff Gideon says cloning is your expertise. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what we got from that. He's working on that. Moth Gideon was trying to take power. I think mm. even in that council scene, he even says, Thrawn, where is he? We haven't seen him yet, which is a great little tease mm. for Ahsoka.
1: Like I, th- I think about this episode or this season really as a whole. Like it- it's episode two, right? When they go to the minds of Mandalore. Yes. And not even once in that episode is there like a a tease or a hint to, oh yeah, Moth Gideon is here building an army like why why is that something made a sad like i think if they took so you take all the good that we like from those first first six right condense it and then you stretch out the last four right and then you have a eight episode or the last two so the first six condense that into four then the last two could expand that into four and you got an eight mm. episode season right there I think there's a really yeah. great story right there and I don't I don't know why you'd even you'd go to the minds of Mandalore and then not reveal oh mm. Moff Gideon is here
2: and yeah. he has looking back at it like that does surprise me why they didn't do that like it would have been a very cool like tease that would have drawn the st- whole story together like a lot Bo-Katan,
1: Bo-Katan takes down a spider droid thing in the minds of mandalore mm-hmm. like what what if it was one of Mop gideon's troopers that they have to take down and then you're thinking they leave and you're thinking well what the heck was that guy what, what's his deal
0: yeah and yeah it's i like more that
1: rewarding later in the season when you mm-hmm. see oh shoot Mop gideon's
0: building an army even though episode seven was great when they're fighting those stormtroopers on mandalore i'm like oh wow these guys are coming there must be like a fleet somewhere and then they just randomly run start running through corridors in an imperial base. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. Wait, what? There's a base on Mandalore now?" Mhm. Also a plot hole that was I thought of. I was like, "The Mandalorians are saying that communications can't be relayed from the fleet to their own comms down on the surface." Mhm. But we saw Moff Gideon long-term transmitting with all the Imperial Council in his base. I mean, he might have had something Probably got set a
1: up, super antenna or something. Yeah. yeah, if it's his base, you have your Wi-Fi
0: connected. Mm. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I just, I don't know. It was kind of weird mm. to me, but yeah. I, what I yeah, was, like, he
2: might have made like specialized equipment to specifically yeah, true. to transmit messages.
0: You can explain it really easily. They just didn't take the time to. Mm-hmm. What I was really interested in were those three Mandalorians they met on the surface. Right, Skinny Pete, number one from Breaking Bad, and that the main guy was the uh, the one of the captains in the Air Force from Top Gun. And I was like, oh my gosh! The one yeah. Mandalorian helmet was like a brown with like a, some scars on the side of his helmet. They were super one interesting, was dude. A battle droid head as his pauldron. Yes, those B two super really battle cool. droid. I'm like, what? These guys are epic, mm-hmm. and they kind of just—they kind of just, they they just are there yeah. for—and they do that all the time with clone troopers. They have the coolest clone troopers there, and it's like, oh man, I want to know more about that. And they're just there, so I, I guess it is what it is. But I would love to know. Like, they could have done that. They could have made this. And A. How did they not know about Moff Gideon being? there? That's another thing, dude. Like
2: they knew where the
0: they're the spies. Was. It was them. Well, I thought that. I even thought I was like, okay, maybe they're going to betray him. And that never happened. So I'm not, I'm not sure what the plan was there for the spies even, but I would, I would love to see, I would have loved to see it just be the whole thing focused on the conflict, the Mandalorians uniting together. I would love that. That was, that would have been so interesting to make it like a Game of Thrones, like family level story of all these families, or in this case, all of these clans coming together. Mm, clash of clans. And literally, <laughs> literally, you could have called that. Mm-hmm. You could have had a really interesting season with Din kind of on the outside, you know, of everything and the armor there and bow there. That could have been so interesting, but mm-hmm. yet we we take, you know, 40 minutes to fool around with Jack Black and Lizzo. So I- Which, that episode, I think, got a ton of hate. I
1: thought it was fun. I enjoyed. I, it was fun I enjoyed elements of that episode. Um, now, how it works into the greater yeah, story? It kind of took me out of the story. Took you out of the story. It, it did. But overall, it was cool to see Jack Black. You know, I would have like liked. Christopher Lloyd, I really liked him. Liked him seeing. Yeah, Christopher yeah, Lloyd. It was, was cool good. to see.
0: I don't. I think Star Wars is so outside of everything. You know, like mm-hmm. it's its own thing. If you, that you ever when see like reminded, a famous actor, oh, yes, I, exactly, it takes me out of it. There is even, even though. I like I, I grow up with the prequels, so Mace Windu is Mace Windu to me. That's who Samuel L. Mm. Jackson is. Yeah. But even now, after seeing him in the Marvel movies, you know, when I watch those movies now, I'm like, oh, you know what? Samuel L. Jackson. But Star Wars is like that, you know? They take unknown actors and they become those characters. So mm. whenever you see them, you see the character. And that's something that they do really, really well. Mm. And so every time I'm in this universe, I'm like, okay, I'm only here. I'm not thinking about anything else that Mm -hmm. this actor is in, that this character is in. And they immediately they just, they absolutely took you out of the episode by putting those two, you know, just global superstars. That's who they are. Jack Black isn't the greatest actor in the world. And Lizzo is a pop star. Mm -hmm. There in no way is this come anywhere near, sorry, excuse me, Star Wars Mm -hmm. to me. And that's what really, it does what so much Star Wars has almost never done like in a way it's almost a bigger sin to do this than something like the rise of skywalker because at least i'm in that, that st- far i mean yeah I, that's that's a little too much but at least i'm <laughs> in that story you know at least i'm in the star wars galaxy yeah in this story i'm not it's in like it when at all. uh
1: when uh danny trejo shows up with uh uh <laughs> yes the what's a, what's the beast the, the rancor. rancor yeah when he shows it with a rancor you're yeah like, that's danny trejo okay mm-hmm. oh so i uh <laughs> we've been hating a lot in this season but yeah i want to talk about a sequence that i thought was awesome in this episode so we get we get the redemption arc to our favorite undercover jedi you know r5 oh dude, r5 yes. gets some praise in this episode and dude. that it <laughs> What this episode did is even the transitions, the cutting between high intensity to low, calm, still tense scenes, but just less tense. It it really was like, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting this is Star Wars. A lot of this episode made me feel Star Wars. And I think that's Mm. something that we we should really give it credit for. But the sequence where uh, we the. a Phantom Menace-esque sequence where Din Djarin is going from a uh, ray shield to ray shield. Yeah, it's like all right, R five, open the door. Really, that good. was really cool. Yep. So, that was really fun. Yep. I liked like,
2: that a lot. One of my two favorite, like, I guess, like warrior archetypes in films and stuff is both the armored knight. And the Western gunslinger, and Mando
0: embodied both of those. He's just two of them, right? That is great. Mm-hmm. I also really like the jetpack sequence, the yeah. stormtroopers and the Mandalorians mm-hmm. coming together, and Bo Katan wielding the dark saber, just cutting mm-hmm. up dudes. Really, really, another yeah, really the good armor sequence.
2: Like flying through and just like <laughs> yeah. slamming people with the hammers. I like stuff. how
0: she never uses anything else <laughs> other than her smithing hammer.
2: In the concept art at the during like the credits and stuff, it did. One of the pictures did show her with like a
0: gun, kind of like Paz Vizsla's. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I want to highlight. One of the coolest last stands ever mm. in the last week's episode. Paz Vizla's yeah. like end is one of the coolest sequences mm. in the whole show. Yeah. Him taking on 30 stormtroopers and winning. Mm. And you're like, the oh my gosh. Are armored stormtroopers. Right. Is he going to survive this? And out of nowhere, you get the Praetorian Guards from Last Freaking Jedi coming in. They're a little bit different, but I mean, mm-hmm. they are the same thing pretty much. They try so hard to redeem the sequels. <laughs> but in a way, you know, we were even talking about that, Yeah, them, I was dude. sitting there with you, like, ah, oh, man, what?
1: I I actually texted you a few weeks ago. Yeah. Like, can we do a Can we do a sequel rewatch? But but. We only look at the good. We we try our best to praise these movies because that's that's what I want. You know, we 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 love Star Wars, and that's why the sequels fell flat in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. But like, there's also there's some good in those in those movies too that I think they're trying to tap into with this universe.
0: Dave Filoni really said, it, and John Favreau in a way, he's like, "All right." Redeem the prequels completely with Clone Wars, and now it's time to go to the sequel trilogy. That's what
1: Kathleen Kennedy's doing there; she's sitting there
0: like, "All right, we, we we saw
1: we saw uh Filoni redeem what Lucas did, but now let's really <laughs> really give him a challenge. You know, see if he can redeem <laughs> this sequel trilogy that we're gonna we're gonna bomb on purpose. But
0: Filoni, <laughs> we want to give you a challenge. Go ahead. <laughs> I will say this: if they can nail this new Jedi Order movie. And really bring together Mm. that sequel nostalgia. Because, I mean, dude, we all saw those movies in theaters. It was the first Star Wars movies that we saw.
2: I skipped school to watch that
0: opening day. Yeah. So it's huge. Even though they weren't the greatest movies. And I I will say, even to this day, that Force Awakens, that I I actually, I will say I have a lot of love for that movie.
1: Do do we want to roll into
0: Star Wars Celebration? celebration Or or
1: let's wrap up Mando. Good idea. Good idea. Mm. So, what. What other closing thoughts do we have on this season of Mando?
2: Um, I really liked that whole sequence. Like after they had taken Mandalore, and like they're in like the baptism waters in the mines, and like the armor is like rebaptizing all of them in the living mm. waters, and uh, Mando formally adopts Grogu. I I really like that. He scene. did
0: that, and I'm sitting there like. Bro, you, you adopted him, like, yeah. seasons ago. In the se- first season. It's just official now. Yeah. Mm. Like,
2: you're just fostering. <laughs> yeah, right. fostering.
0: Um, Let's, yeah, let's do a favorite, not a favorite episode, but, you know, favorite moment. Moment, yeah, mm-hmm. across the season. Let's, let's end it on a high note because, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on what Star Wars you love is always better than focusing on the Star Wars you hate. Mm-hmm. It just fosters anger. It fosters your dark side. So, uh yeah, Ethan. Do you have a favorite moment in across all eight episodes of season three? All right, uh, <laughs> I gotta I gotta think about this one. For if a you second. Don't, Parker, do you have one? Yes. Yeah. My, yeah. Let's, 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 <laughs> my favorite
2: moment is episode two when Mando is baptizing himself, um, and you see, like in the few minutes like before that, you see like Boguton and Mando, kind of like clashing as the. Born Mandalorian, but not walking the way. Yeah. Not born Mandalorian, but walking the way, and you see the like reverence and respect Mando has for like Mandalore and the Mandalorian walk, and Bogtan kind of like, oh, look at this. On, I gotta give you the whole experience and everything, and there might be a mythosaur here. Ooh. Yeah kind of brushing it off like oh yeah I just kind
0: of did it because I had to yeah that's uh, I really Mm -hmm. like that sequence when they're walking through and she's kind of talking about how her father you know sacrificed himself and didn't just kind of stops and he looks at her and you're like oh what's he gonna say and he kind of just you know like this is the way and Mm -hmm. shows that reverence that you were talking about right Mm -hmm. there to both of the both sides and I like I think Bo sees that and she's like okay you know, now in this way, we can unite because even though there's differences, you know, like that's always been our greatest weakness. I like that. A lot. Mm-hmm. that's good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's I, good stuff. I love all that that they
1: set up with uh, the different the clash of religions, the clash of clans per se. But I really hated the moment where so uh, by default, Bo-Katan gets baptized mm-hmm. and the armor armor is like, you're Mandalorian. This is the way. I'm like, oh wow, this is really cool. Bogata is totally just changing her her way of life. She's buying into this religion. You know, us three as mm-hmm. religious men, we love seeing people converted. You know, it's so <laughs> cool to see. But uh, then the armor's like, take off your helmet. We gotta unite yeah. the clans. Hmm. That like, actually might be my least favorite part. Yeah, of the I'm like, really? The- <sighs> I really loved where you were going with that. But anyway, sorry, we're praising. Yeah. We're we're trying to give give highs of this season. So, Ben, go ahead. i Yeah, I'm still thinking.
0: Um, so I I have I think it's Paz. It's Paz's sacrifice yeah. was the moment that really just one. got me hyped because it was a great episode, and then you ended it so nicely on that last stand sequence that it was just. I mean, it was great. Um, mm-hmm. but I do want to highlight uh, the scene that happens about twenty minutes prior to that on the scene of that ship and we were talking about Bo and din their relationship in the and they're kind of just sitting there as the sun is setting on mandalore and she's kind of just talking about how their whole weakness has been their differences and how the history of it's very complicated and you know mando just starts spitting some absolute bars i only know of this weapon what you taught me to be honest it means nothing to me or my people nor does station or bloodline What means more to me is honor and loyalty and character these are the reasons i serve you lady crease your song is not yet written i will serve you until it is like that that that's good stuff man i remember getting chills by that mando Mm -hmm. speech to bo katan and i was like this I am so invested in this right now. And the action that happened right after that, like that is Star Wars to me. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally, it's the only episode in season three to have a nine on IMDb. Mm -hmm. In the past seasons, there are at least two episodes with each nines. There's three. Actually, I think there's four in season two that have nines and this season only has one. And it's that episode. And it's because of moments like that. The rich storytelling that they just scratched the surface of. So yeah, I wanted to highlight that. Also, one, the yeah.
1: first season of The Mandalorian without a, without a face reveal from uh, Pedro Pascal. Oh, and Pedro. When he's at the height yeah. of his popularity, we don't see his face. We saw enough of him in The Last of Us, I yeah. guess. So, <laughs> last of that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of what. I don't know if there's anything from this season where I just go. Man, I absolutely just ate. I loved that. But I, the closest it got was probably any sequence of. I really liked his Dark Knight sequence with uh, his N1 Starfighter in oh, I think yeah. the pirate. Yes. I really liked that. They're mm-hmm. like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Boom. I thought that was super cool and super well mm-hmm. shot. But yeah, I'd say probably the. Uh, Just the kind of climax of this episode, up until the final fight with Moth Moth Gideon. I thought everything leading up to that was really good, and then kind of got rushed. The final fight, it just was fast. It happened. Mm. It's like this is the big like the big Moth Gideon fight of the season, and Mm. it's just now happening. They're just now meeting up, and then it's over. They beat him. So Mm. they could have fleshed it out a little more, but I thought it was really cool. But I I I like the Mm. the sequence where he's. Knife knifing all the uh, yeah, yeah, like Some really said. great
0: fight choreography
2: throughout this yeah. whole season, honestly. especially like after, like, just what two days ago I watched The Dark World with Micah.
0: <laughs> oh boy, the choreography was pretty bad, yes, <laughs> um, um, indeed, indeed.
1: Great plug, Dark World podcast coming
0: Monday, <laughs> indeed, awesome! Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I agree. Uh, mm. I will say, uh, before we move on, Moff Gideon's armor. Very epic. Yeah. I guess the horns mean nothing. I saw the, be- yeah, the best uh, theory was, oh man, the armor is Darth Maul.
1: <laughs> I'm like,
0: what What the heck are you saying? He's using a voice vocabulary. we never modulator seen her face. From Scream 3. <laughs> he's oh a, boy. He's changing his voice. Yeah, so not overall, not the greatest season of television, but honestly... Where it leaves off, it leaves off for a potentially great season four. I just wonder where Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy are going to take it in season four. I hope she has nothing to do with season four because I, I know the viewership of season three. I has wish been, had nothing to do with Star Wars. Well, yeah, that would <laughs> Whoa, be nice. Shots fired. That would be nice, but it is what it is. Hello everyone, it's Ben, and I'm so sorry to interrupt this excellent discussion, but we ended up talking for way longer than we thought, so that's going to be another whole episode uh, talking about the Ahsoka trailer and everything else that happened at Star Wars celebrations. so stay tuned for that. We thank you for sticking around and listening to our discussion on The Mandalorian Season 3. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, But for now, on behalf of the crew at Multiverse Monologues, this is Ben Rayside signing off I hope that you have an absolutely fantastic day and may the force be with you.